That's why the thuggy priest, he, he thinks uh, he thinks one of these oh, days the he's going to get lucky. System. And, <laughs> and the, the chosen the sacrifice one. victim is going to be that diva from the fifth <laughs> element. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 136 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games that we haven't done in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Gentlemen, how was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. Delicious. Did you have a turkey, Kevin? Uh, yes, we did. We stuffing? A, we did. Stuffing. Are you a stuffing guy? Do you like stuffing? Eh, not really. <laughs> I, uh, Does anybody like stuffing? I, I don't I like stuffing, stuffing, and I always assumed that it was... That it was because I understand on some level that fucking just moist bread is not a thing that anyone wants. It's Riff, delicious. What, you, it's delicious. Man, well, I you, used to, you lube I used your to, tubes up with salad dressing, I, and so everything is delicious. Buy a box of stovetop, not even at Thanksgiving, and just make that for a meal because it is delicious. Just eat it without even cooking it. No, <laughs> just, I, just pour <laughs> the dried crumbs right down your hole. Yeah, uh, there is something about like either the chives or like the, the onion bits or whatever in most stuffings that I just don't like the texture of it. It's like mostly softish and then occasional weird chunks that. I find kind of unpleasant. Everything with soggy bread is gross, which is why biscuits and gravy is gross. No, open that, face that's, sandwiches. That's not true because biscuits, biscuits and gravy is dry bread that you dip in something and then eat right away. Because like by that argument, chips and salsa no, is gross. Because chips are not bread. Chips They're are chips. Basically, bread. soggy chips are gross. Nachos are gross. No. I, I am no, actually no. going to go on record as saying that nachos are gross. Okay, you're uh, just uh, wrong at this point. Uh, <laughs> so if you buy, so here's the, here's the only kind of nachos that aren't gross. You go to the movie theater and you buy some nachos, and they give you the tub. Oh, of they give you the, the tub of cheese nachos, to though. dip each chip in, they and you do that, good. and that's good. And then maybe they also give you a little tub of uh, jalapenos to 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 drop onto each one after you put Zach the cheese does, on. It. Has questionable taste in chips though, because. He likes chips that are four or five days old oh, that yeah. are sitting out that might break your jaw. The best cake is angel food cake that the grocery store won't sell anymore because it's too old. <laughs> I think you just like stale food. I think I like things that are chewy. I like things that give you that uh, that almost sexual pleasure that you get from trying to chew something say, that doesn't want to be chewed. You say chewy, and like by that you mean like a jawbreaker where you have to like work real hard to yeah. make any dents. But then no, you'll you, just you'll just chomp right down like an atomic fireball. You just like it's like I, I just lick, I, yes lick. I, I don't even lick it really. I pop it in my mouth and I just immediately. So uh, there is a spot in your mouth that is. Basically, your teeth are like a, are, are like a kind of a vice, right? You get uh, all of the force of your jaw on the corners of two teeth in the uh, very back, and that just that just splits. It's like it's like you a, are going like to crack axe. a tooth eventually, oh, and then you're going to be like, oh fuck, oh fuck, <laughs> ah. uh, that's really hurt. Yeah. Anyway, so so basically, things that are really hard are really good. Things you that like are, chewing on ice. Things that are soggy, I don't like chewing on ice. Uh, what? Well, that's like the one thing I like to no, chew. No, it's too cold. Wh- what? Are you anemic? I I, no. I learned as a kid. This was like this was like along the along the lines of the thing that I learned, where if you drink milk when you have a fever, you will throw up. <laughs> okay. If you chew ice, if you want to chew ice, it is because you are anemic. Because it has a lot of iron in it. Uh. Well, no. Uh, maybe maybe chewing ice is you indulging an evolutionary drive to chew on bones, like the <laughs> the marrow-filled bones of your victims maybe, that are rich in iron. Huh. Maybe if you're anemic, 
your blood moves through your body too quickly, thus heating you heating it up too quickly. So you need the ice to cool it back down. Okay, because the iron, because it's heavy, slows down your blood, gives it a chance to like figure out where it needs to go before it goes there. Also, I so think that all you guys your organs will work correctly. Chris Remo's metronome again. Okay. Oh shit! All right, well, let's uh, have a small break for station identification while we uh, turn off the metronome. <clears throat> Wonder if that was on the recording. It's. Not, I think it's not on the recording. Like we prob- can't hear probably it. Probably not. Yeah. I, I can hear it, but it it probably isn't on the recording. Yeah, I think that just comes out of the head fronds. Yeah, we are for various reasons <clears throat> coming at you from Idle Thumbs Podcasting Studio. Isn't that what happens when you give out news? Breaking news. Yeah, yeah, it's breaking, breaking, breaking news. I guess. Yeah. What is that? They've got sound baffles on the wall. Is that the sound of a teletype? I don't know. Maybe. Huh? Yeah, maybe. Although I mean, it's like quieter. Morse, but that's like it's, yeah, it's Morse code. That's, okay, it's like, yeah, it's totally like news. News is coming telegraph. over telegraph. Yeah, yeah that's okay. totally what it is. But it's, it, I mean, when I hear that sound in my head, the breaking news sound, it's like somebody hitting a key on a touchstone phone. Fuck, it probably is Morse code. It probably actually is saying something. <clears throat> we should probably figure out what the fuck that is saying. It probably just says breaking news. It might, which would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, it could just say, fuck you, Brenda, yeah. because the guy that was in charge of the audio for that intro to the news was really bitter about his recent divorce. And the world will never know who that Brenda is. Yeah. Huh. What have you guys been up to? Besides Thanksgiving? Well, okay, tell me about your Thanksgiving. Where, where, where did, where did y- y'all guys go for Thanksgiving? I went uh, to the East Coast. Uh, did you oh, dip your toes in the cold, cold ocean? I didn't. I never. I'd never go to the freaking ocean when I'm on the East Coast. I think I've the been, ocean on the East Coast is gross, right? Like it's, it's just it's just stuff. rocks and pollution and ice. I, I'm. I believe there are a couple of beaches which are not terrible, but I've never been to them. There's a part of the year where the whole ocean freezes, right? And you can just walk to Europe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I've always lived inland, so I. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Huh. I, I mean, that's understandable. Also, do you get a lot of weird, just like random, like they can't patrol the entire coast? Right, the, the, they do though. There's a fence. Well, no, there's that thing where the the coast is infinite. Like where you look at it, at it <laughs> sure. you look at it in small enough increments it's of fractal. measuring. Yeah, it becomes so. So you literally cannot set up border patrol stations. That's on assuming a coast. that immigrants are minuscule. Well, you would need an infinite number of. Boys. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they're often shorter. Right. It's because they have. You know, they don't have as good a diets as we do. It's nothing like nothing like the world class American diet to provide right. a basis of comparison for every other culture in the world. You went to the East Coast, and did you do anything yeah. interesting while you were there? Uh, I hung out with uh, Melissa's family. Did you go to Disneyland Boston? I did not. Um, that that particular amusement come park to the haunted mansion is beyond my is beyond my uh, price range. Um. Yeah, so uh, hung out mostly in New Haven for the for the holiday itself, and then uh, spent time with a couple of East Coast friends uh, from college. That's about that's about it. Nothing interesting. No good. No good anecdotes. I I started to get sick uh, on that trip, and then got like really sick. Man, when you were I got too back. sick to record a podcast. You yeah, were too sick to awful. go to the climbing gym. You were too sick to get any work done. Yep. You were too sick to take out the garbage. <laughs> I was in bed for like three days. I know you were too sick to do everything. It was terrible. I was sick this time last year too. I feel like, uh, I have been sick, uh, several times in the winter time of recent years. 
and it's balls. It's almost as though the flesh is fallible, and we're all we're all doomed. What? There's just it's basically just a series. That, so so you're dead forever, and then you're alive for a while. There's a series of infections, and then you're dead forever again. Wait, so you're saying that we were dead before we were born? Well, yeah, I mean, how else are you going to describe it? I guess that's uh, like a, a neither state, sort of equivalent, right? But. Huh. All there is in that brief spark in between is just a series of fucking colds and flus, and uh, you refuse to use a neti pot, so they're just worse for you. Uh, you know I mean? you refuse to use that thing where you spray, spray a bunch of bleach up your butt, right? Uh, and that's uh, so. Yeah, there's just gonna. It's terrible. Uh, I, I feel. I feel bad for you, son. A bleach enema. Yeah, uh, it's like when you have when you have um you know, it's to take care of your gut flora. Yeah. Wow. Do you have to separate the the light and dark gut flora before you bleach them so you don't ruin yeah. the colors of the <laughs> Right. Yeah. What'd you do for Thanksgiving, Riff? Uh not really anything. Uh Jenny was out of town visiting her family. Uh so I basically just took the day off work and gave thanks for like slacking. Okay. Not for slacks. What did, what did you eat? four bottles of salad dressing instead of your customary three <laughs> i don't specifically remember but it was probably something like that it was it was nothing it was probably it was probably something like eating. four bottles of salad yeah. dressing yeah okay yeah a lot of brussels sprouts i've been eating a lot of brussels sprouts are you microwaving them well yeah they're the microwave bag sort of brussels sprouts like wow, the, i the, bet the office the smells great frozen frozen brussels sprouts yeah they're like those steam fresh yeah, bags. those are pretty yeah. good. We keep yeah. going to the grocery store here and seeing stalks of Brussels Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts, right? It's weird, man. They're they look like they look like plants. some sort of weird, like a computer generated thing. They look like tiny little weeds that have just been enlarged, like scaled up, or like uh, you know, like a like a stick with a bunch of sleigh bells on it, like you would play oh, as, no. a, oh, as a as a as a grade school lad in a. Christmas I mean, all play. green, like they're Hulk. Well, they're out. green. Sure, yeah. if you, yeah, yeah. Have you well, they're ever bigger seen, than usual. Uh, There's more bells than usual. Have you ever seen photographs of a pineapple farm? No. no. Like how pineapples grow? It's They look weird growing. They're like, I don't know, what? like on individual stalks. They don't come from vines or anything like that. It's just the stick that comes up out of the ground with a pineapple on top of it. As far I, as I, I always thought of them as being on... I know this isn't right, but I always thought of them as being on palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I always thought of them as being only the top of them visible, right? Huh, like they, okay. the, like they the, grow the pineapple that you yeah, see I is the see root, and only the leaves are above ground, hmm. and it's just the root has a the root has a weird thick covering on the outside. But are wow, there that, any fruits that grow underground? I guess strawberries. I mean, be, beans are the musical fruit. No, strawberries are above ground. Yeah, they they grow yeah, on. They just grow at low, close to the little ground. little low bushes. Oh, that's right. Okay, of. yeah, the vines the vines that attach one plant to the next go under the ground, but the fruit is above ground. That's true. I, I mean, almost, beans, maybe all maybe fruits beans grow, grow above, above ground. ground anyway. I mean, if it's if it's a tuber, if do it grows all, underground, do all it's vegetables a tuber. grow above ground? Does does everything except for well, do you consider potatoes a vegetable or, or carrots? Yeah, I guess. carrots, are onions, carrots, carrots are a vegetable, but they probably they probably. I mean, it's one of those things where like a tomato is a fruit technically, but like you're an asshole if you <laughs> tell people that. I mean, you're either you're either six or an asshole. It's pronounced catchy, guys. <laughs> if if I had been brought up just eating tomatoes like they were apples, I think I would be a different person. 
Because those think? things are gross. Oh. Comparatively. Well, my I, mom used to just eat tomatoes like they were apples. And I said, why don't you do that anymore? And she said, well, the tomatoes that you get in the store are really gross. I yeah. did that with uh, tomatoes that we grew yeah. in the garden. Okay. That I, I don't know. I think I, maybe I've My dad never used to really grow tomatoes, tomatoes and we would all eat them just straight up. But yeah, the tomatoes that you get in the store are like wax and plastic. And They're like mealy and tasteless. Yeah. Right. Like I've had, I've had some tomatoes that I've been like, wow, that's a tomato. That tastes really good. But the, that's the far few and far between. <clears throat> and to the point where I just didn't believe that it was a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Disneyland for Thanksgiving and, uh, I had a Thanksgiving crepe at the, uh, New Orleans crepery uh. in New Orleans Square. Was it like turkey and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, and- it was. And huh. there was a there was like a mostly uncooked onion, gross in the middle of it. Yeah, it was. It was very undisney. It was very undignified and oh, very this is like literally at Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was at the at the New Orleans whatever. They place. didn't like. They didn't have some sort of special feast for all of them. Yeah, they guests. might have somewhere. Our our Thanksgiving dinner was actually just at the little weird continental buffet thing at the hotel that we went to and because uh, that's where the free beer was oh. so we were all excited about the free beer and the free wine there was uh, free beer just just for thanksgiving or no it was part of every the, night it was part of the package that uh, my so my mom got some sort of has some sort of hookup free beer package yeah so that's basically a free trip because you could drink an infinite amount of beer yeah, well sure it, it was a pretty expensive hotel for but it was especially an expensive hotel for the you quality drink that it a is lot at, of the, beer. at the disneyland resort but yeah i mean you need five or six free beers a day you know it it it, it adds up i guess probably not enough okay but uh no my, my mom gets some discounts through work at various things and one of those things is the disneyland resorts and so i was looking at what we were going to do and she was like i bet i could get that cheaper and she did, and then they it was some sort of weird concierge version of the room, which is just like, oh, we provide these amenities to make it seem like the hotel is nicer than it is. So you get <laughs> like you get to use your key to room. go into this room where there's a bunch of free food all the time. Oh, okay. Huh. So. I feel like there are places, there are hotels and whatnot that, like, if you just know where to go. Yeah, like that Omni, Omni in hotel. Austin, where if yeah. you just like, hey, I'd like a room on the 12th floor, please. And if you get a room on the 12th floor, it's like, all right, every day at 5 o'clock, you get a bunch of free cocktails. Yeah. Like, that was pretty great. Just some w- weird. weird things that you've happened into at times. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if there is, like, some sort of secret group of people that shares all of these like awesome freebie things that you can you can t- take but advantage of. The thing is, I guarantee that they <clears throat> made plenty of money off of us, despite having given us some free cocktails. Oh, at, right at Disney? No, at that Omni. And oh, oh. certainly, certainly. Well, Jesus Christ, that place was super expensive and not a super duper nice hotel. Like, huh. I mean, you know, we've we've stayed at some nice hotels, right? Like we, sure. like I feel like we know a little bit about not you know crazy like one percent shit, but like. We've stayed at a bunch of nice hotels, sure. and so we know, th- like, what kind of towels they have at a nice hotel, and that's not the kind of towels they had hmm. at this Disney hotel. You pay a premium for being you within walking distance. You didn't wipe your butt of, with towels? I did, but, I mean, I do that even at a Motel 6. I see. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, what? I'm paying for this. If I'm paying for somebody else to do my laundry, I am going to take full advantage of that. <laughs> and what What are you, what's the worst thing about doing your own laundry? Getting the shit off the towels. Right. So, like, if somebody else is doing it, yeah, going hog wild. Hog I thought you just threw the towels away. Wild. I didn't know that you actually tried to wash them. Well, at home, I do. Yeah. 
But I got it. But occasionally I have to go to a hotel to steal more towels. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Look, you don't get to be a man of my station by paying for towels, Kevin. Anyway, we, we, we did Disneyland and that was, it was cool. We went to a tiki bar. Uh, our friend, our friend David from uh, Carbine Studios recommended that we go to this tiki bar where there are a bunch of specialty drinks on the menu that when you order them, the bar does a sort of a show for you. Okay. So there, there'll be some sounds that play and there's some things on the walls that start to move around. Though I think those things weren't really working. Are they some birds? Tiki room style, like wooden carvings of little dudes and stuff. But uh, Weird. it's a lot of it. That somebody would order something and then all the bartenders would start spraying everyone in the bar with uh, water bottles. Like, what? oh, they summoned the rain god by ordering this tiki cocktail. Huh. Yeah. I just drank beer. Don't piss off the fire god, I guess. No, yeah. No, wow. Yeah, that's, that's rough. But yeah, did that. Was back in back in Phoenix for a hot minute. Did you know before today that the Fantastic Four corresponded to the elements? I didn't know that before yeah, like yeah. three days ago when I was walking and uh, it was it was on the Abject Suffering podcast yeah, yeah, with our buddies uh, Cole, Cole Ross and Gary Butterfield. And crazy. they just mentioned in passing, oh yeah, the Fantastic Four totally correspond with earth, wind, fire, and, and water. And uh, I was like, fucking A, they totally do. <laughs> Why did I yeah. never think of that before? That was, exactly I mean, fire reaction. and earth are super obvious Air is air is pretty obvious. And yeah, the water water's is a little, well, bit, a little bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> that was what I was going for, but uh, yeah. you beat me to but, it. But uh, but I mean, apparently that's just full on like acknowledged in I the see. comics, right? Like it's stated. It's it's just not even. But it's <laughs> Fantastic Four has been around for a really long time. Since I feel like that was yeah. It was like when the Fantastic Four was a comic that dated to like when my dad was young enough to read comics. Sure. And he was not a guy that would read comics as an adult. Okay. Because that's, that's, for, that's for kids. That's for kids in the 60s. For babies. Yeah. That's for kids who have not yet discovered the summer of love. Okay. Which happens when you're 18. Huh. Every Whenever a person is 18, that summer is called the summer of love. It's just that all the baby boomers were born in 1950. So 68 was the canonical summer of love. My 18th summer was not particularly uh, love-filled. No. I think I might maybe got drunk for the first time. Okay. My 18th summer. Um, I washed a lot of dishes at a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> okay. So that was okay, I guess. Um, I probably bought a copy of Star Control 2 <laughs> on CD-ROM. No, I think that happened on my 19th summer. I took some, huh. uh, I took some summer theater courses at Carnegie Mellon University over my 18th summer. That was pretty fun. Did you I, did I, you I, did you encounter a girl who let you touch her Carnegie melons? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm not gonna kiss and tell. I don't think. The secret to those is that you uh, you make a point of remembering their names. <laughs> um, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, also practice. <laughs> I was on her weird hmm. Mormon Christmas card list for a while. That was odd. Oh. I didn't know you were a weird weird Mormon ref. <laughs> is not is not a Mormon at all a classification of weird. Well, you Mormon? do live in uh, you do live in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. You could be a Jack Mor- You could be a Jack Mormon. <laughs> Jack Mormon. Jack mm-hmm. Mormon. Yeah, I think a Jack a Jack Mormon is like a recovering Catholic. Oh, okay. okay. Or maybe it's somebody who says they're Mormon, but they don't tithe, so they're not technically allowed into the temple or to wear the magic underwear. Okay. 
So they don't get their really own know. planet when they die? You know, the thing about Mormons is that every Mormon I've ever met has been super just nice. super fucking yeah. nice and great. And it and it's like, I mean, I feel they're like the it's... a of a lot of jokes, yeah, but they're just It's all kind nice. of like Scientologists where it's like, well, you know what? If you're going to belong to some like crazy ass organization, I would rather it be one that just makes it so you're on time for everything and always, you know, do the things that you say that you're going to do and are really kind to people. We could use a little more of that. We could use a little more of that in this crazy modern world. You know what else we could use a little more of is video games. Have you guys been playing any? And yeah. It's been a while, Riff. Wow us. Dazzle us with your list of fucking video games. Well, there's uh, there's probably more than I've written down here, but I've written down four. So, uh, let's see. I played a bunch. Well, a bunch. I started playing Dragon's Lair 2, which was on Steam. Because, okay. Did okay. did it, did a new version of it come out on Steam or something, or was it just? Uh, I don't think. It's had, it, had it on my phone for a number of years. Dragon's Lair. I've 2? never actually. Yeah. Time warp. Yes. Oh. I looked for that on the iPhone and didn't see it. Hmm. Might have been one of those things that was available for a while. I remember playing a bunch of it when we went to the Galloping Ghost in Chicago. They had an actual. It wasn't. An arcade version of it. I think it was like a MAME box that had been set up with all the Laserdisc oh. games in one cabinet. Yeah, what are you? What are you? What are you finding about it? It's a, it seemed to be way more linear, but with way more yeah. sort of game. It's, there it's, was way more metagame to it. There's all those like yeah, there's those optional things, things that you can get. That you have to get yeah to get the to get the the best ending. I guess it is hard. It is hard as hell, and I don't know how anyone ever managed to finish it. <clears throat> in an arcade without spending like five hundred dollars well i was gonna say hundreds of dollars it's possible that they didn't right i mean it took me yeah you know it wasn't until i had dragon's lair on i finally beat dragon's lair but it was like i was like jesus christ i wish i'd been keeping track of like how much this would have cost me yeah if i had had to pay for you know especially because like even when we were kids that game was like 50 or 75 cents was there a dragon's lair saturday morning cartoon there was Oh, there must have been. Yep. Was at Before the commercial break, they would give you, like, here are three things that Dirk the, Ger- Dirk the Daring could do at this point. And then, right. and then when it came back, it would show you how he would die if you had chosen the two of them and then how he would win if you chose the third option. Ah, that's such a good idea. That's such a, that's such a cool way of, like, making something fake interactive. Yeah. Was it supposed to be... Like, in canon, was there any kind of, like, narrative consistency from that to the two games at all? I don't know. I don't remember. I, what I thought you were going to ask is if there was something built into the world of Dragon's Lair that required Dirk to just die over and over again in, in horrific oh, ways. <laughs> like, if it was just this weird, like, sort of single-threaded multiverse where he kept dying. Like... He would walk into a room and all of the ways in which it was possible for him to die as a result of walking into that room would happen in sequence before he finally was able to get through it. And so at the beginning of every episode is him seeing how horrible this room is and saying, oh boy, (laughs) because he knows how long he's going to be there just dying after doing the same boring things over and over again. Ah, that's great. This is going to (laughs) suck. Hmm. 
Yeah, uh, let's see. I also what's your what's your experience? What's your experience of Dragon Slayer Two? I mean, do, do you do you understand what's going on with the metagame with that hidden key and the bow and arrows and all that shit? Because like, no, I feel like I, I know I've I know never, what I've the first three minutes to know what they're for. I don't think I've ever gotten past the first scene because it's like you're you're being chased by your fat Viking wife. Yeah, and then well, no, it's, you it's get your, on. It's your mother-in-law. Oh, and then you get on. You get on a uh, I, wow! Right, it didn't even occur to me that Dragon's Lair Two was a sequel to Dragon's Lair One. So in fact, you are married to yeah. the the ditzy bimbo Daphne from the first one. I thought maybe she just gained some weight after <laughs> she had your nine kids. <laughs> do you have to? Do you ever have to interact with those kids again? I wonder. Or are you just like, eh, fuck this? Know. I'm out of here. Yeah. I found a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. And go back to when Wonderland, I was single. And then the Garden of Eden, and then. Bach or Mozart or somebody, man, that, hmm. it's baffling. But yeah, I I got to, I I got as far as um, getting past like the sequence where you you first warp with the time machine and you encounter the wizard and then you get to Wonderland. I like saved the game and stopped when I got to Wonderland because it took me like forty five minutes to get there. So. If I were to describe a machine that took you to Wonderland, I don't know that I would describe that as yeah, a time it's machine. A time machine, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A little. But that's bit, more like a, a fiction, like a fiction machine. You know, I mean, the books in Mist weren't time machines, right? Right. Does the uh, Does the Steam version of Dragon's Lair Two let you save? Yes. No. Oh. Yep. It lets you save and. Uh, it has, um, you know, it's got the infinite lives mode, and uh, you know some various settings. The infinite lives. Oh, like the mode dragon, like the is like like the dragon puncher has. <laughs> it's like a it's it's called director's cut mode. So I guess that there's also some extra scenes in it that weren't in the arcade. But I don't, I I haven't hit anything that I didn't recognize yet. So. <laughs> Well, I might buy it on Steam just to be able to play it with saves because yeah, yeah that's or great. Alternatively, I imagine I could go to YouTube and buy it for $0 <laughs> and see just watch the entire everything. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there is anywhere cut together a video that is the version of reality that that is Dirk's hell as described earlier where it's just like, <laughs> all right, here's every death. I, and I remember the uh the DVD I had of the or I think I still have it, of the first one had that mode where you could just watch every scene in order. I think this I think this might have that, although I think you have to beat the game once to unlock it or something. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what else have you played? Let's see. I played I played the first few areas of Metro uh, 2033, Metro Last Light. I guess those are two different games. Last, It's Metro Last Light. Which is uh, pretty good if you like a uh, if you like a Half Life style first person shooter, but without like the cover system. And it's got a lot of stealth. Well, Half Life Half Life didn't really have a cover system, right? I mean, it, right? No, it, that's it's what just, I mean. That's what I mean. A non cover based first person shooter like Half Life. Okay, I mean, but it's but it's just a linear. It's just a linear like story, right? There's no there's no real like no there's exploration no, or no. That, I mean, there's exploration, but only of like the particular building you happen to be in at the time. Hmm. Um, and it's it's got a lot more stealth bits than. Uh, than Half Life, which is cool. I like. It's a series I like where you're, you're up on a dude. 
your money is ammo, yes. right? Yeah, your your the the good like high quality ammo is is money. So you you have the option like in a in a in a grueling moment to like sh- to shoot your money at a guy, which will do far more wow. damage than the bullets that you normally have. I think from my perspective, like while that sounds like a cool thing, I think the only way that I would be okay with it is if that ammo did a hundred times as much damage as normal ammo. Hmm. It's because otherwise, that, that like much. I don't know how much. It's not right, but I mean, is it like the, so? There's got to be an exchange rate then between the right. good ammo and whatever ammo you buy with it, right? Or is it or is it like a weird? fallout kind of thing where everybody has only certain stuff and you're limited to just bartering with them yeah i haven't run into a shop yet so i couldn't really say it's kind of like the bottle cap mines in fallout 3 right like where you use money to make something that does a bunch of damage mm-hmm. and the, the i think the problem the problem design wise with a system like that is that like it's either worth it or not yeah as opposed to situationally worth it right i mean because yeah. well, this mean, weird tension like if it's the difference between living and dying then it's then it's but worth is it night. is it ever i mean that's like that's also the argument against like well you, you know don't hoard your potions the reason that you hoard your potions is because there's eventually going to be a time where using this potion is the difference between living and dying but it never is hmm. Right, so you you either you either use them all the time if the game forces you to use them all the time, or if you're the kind of person with the temperament that makes you use them all the time, or you keep them always and you don't ever use them at all, yeah. and they might as well not exist as a system, except that you get to think about how cool it would be if there was a situation where using a potion was the difference between living because it's not it's not the difference between living and dying, right? It's the it's the difference between succeeding and reloading from an earlier save and doing something different, <laughs> well, okay. right? And that's the <laughs> that's that the way. kind of and so, I mean, those trade-offs, they, they just start to be like a weird exercise in psychology where you don't, your, your experience isn't enhanced by them. So Spelunky does a pretty good job of <clears throat> forcing you to convert money, which is also your score in the competitive version, into resources. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For example. Just another reason Spelunky is the best game. The interesting notion of using money to get resources, which is a ga- kind of a gamble that you can use the parlay those into yet more money. Well, I mean, part of it is like when you beat Olmec, that comes with, you know, $50,000, 50,000 points. I mean, you basically get the onks worth of money back mm-hmm. by beating Olmec. And also the whole top half of that level is just filled with treasure. Right. I don't know if there's an equivalent thing. I haven't beat Yama. I've now made it to Yama twice, but I haven't beat him ever, so I don't know if you get a bunch of points for beating him or not. Yeah, you get more points. Do you? Yeah. Well, all right. God, why did it take me so long to love Spelunky? <laughs> I look at it now, and I think... So I played through the tutorial, like, I... I uh, Because I brought my work computer out here, and I played... I installed Spelunky, and I was like, ah, I don't have my... Oh, that sucks. I lost all my progress. But then I realized... I don't care. Like, I'm never going to not start at the mines because now I understand why all of that shortcut stuff was just a fucking distraction. Why did it take me so long? 
Why why were those shortcuts so important to me in the beginning? It's like there's this not whole journey that, that you go through. But not having all of the companions unlocked means you get to do weird, crazy bullshit yeah, with them. I mean, I'm not actually going to do any of that. But uh, but you could. But I could. And that's exciting. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Are you I'm at this on, point where... Are you going to get in on uh, Chris and Nick's uh, Idle Thumbs streams? Twitch streaming? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not... I am not... I might be able to provide entertaining enough commentary if I really force myself to do it to make it worth it. I've never really felt like it would be of any interest to anyone to watch me play a video game. But I guess that's not true. I mean, I often don't have pants on. <laughs> and that, that in and of itself is entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. No, every once in a while I jump for joy. Woohoo, I got a red gem! I've often felt that people watching me play video games would just be infuriated. They would be really, really angry. Yeah. I mean, Spelunky, I feel like you couldn't really play in a way that... If you got really good at ghosting, it would be super boring to watch yeah. you play. But are I mean, you going even, to? I don't know. You yeah, don't play. Don't even like Bananasaurus Rex videos, I skip through just to see the interesting bits. And yeah. he, Because his, like, he'll, take a, he'll take three hours to finish a run. I, I almost don't want to beat Yama because once I beat Yama there will You're be nothing done. left for me and I will have to be done well, you, that, that's not strictly true well sure they're still like beating Yama in the daily challenge right right yeah ah man having that leaderboard of Steam friends so great god why does that game so fucking good it, I'm, I'm seriously asking though like why did it take so long I mean it, it, I, I tried several times like oh I've heard Spelunky is really good like mm-hmm. the you know the old game maker version and it wasn't until we did it as an assignment that I like really gave it a chance and really began to like yeah, I, understand I, I still haven't gotten the opportunity to really give it a chance like that probably after after Christmas is over and stuff starts going on sale a bit I'm gonna I'm gonna look into getting a PSP and play the PSP version or a Vita, Vita, you mean? Vita, Vita, that's what I mean, yeah. I was going to ask if you'd gotten a Vita yet. No, I've been holding off. It is it is <clears throat> getting close to the margin of the num- number of games that I'm interested in that, that makes it worth buying, but it is not quite there yet. I need, like, <clears throat> one, oh, one or two more things. I think my argument would be that there there is a skill threshold that you get to with a game like Spelunky where you start to feel like you're just doing better all the time instead of just being frustrated, right? Because it is hard, and if you are running up against a sort of a barrier that you cannot get past, that you're, you are super likely to just be like, ah, screw this. Yeah, I guess if you're super unlikely to survive a level, you are not going to appreciate the level for the optimization puzzle that it is. Right. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, yeah. And I guess, like, not realizing, like, well, okay, you look at a given grid, you you look at a given you know room of a level, and you see that it is designed for the platforming rules that you didn't know when you were scared to sprint, and you don't right. know that you always sprint. Like, you might as well not have a non-sprint mode, right? If you're really going to play the game, because you jump further, and you know exactly how your guy is going to react to gaps of a given size or whatever. Um, yeah. And I guess it's cute before that, but it's right. not like you don't really start to internalize like, oh man, this is why this is so good mm-hmm. until you can engage with it at a at a level that takes a while to 
acquire that kind of mastery. And I mean, still, you know, fucking two out of three daily challenges, I die on some spikes in the mines. <laughs> Gotta stop playing. I, I've been playing the daily challenge, like, immediately after waking up. And then I started finding, like, what if I just play one game in adventure mode and then do the daily challenge? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Do, just do, like, a one. And I do a lot better, but then it's like, well, fuck, now it's, like, an hour after I got up and I haven't started working yet because I've now played Spelunky for an hour instead of <laughs> 15 minutes. What else, Riff? Let's see. Uh, I played, I've played some of Etrian Odyssey Untold colon The Millennium Girl which I don't really have a lot to say about. It's basically uh, Etrian Odyssey 1 remade into the engine from Etrian Odyssey 4. So it's it's pretty. It looks good. Um, it's the same basic gameplay, the, the turn-based uh, JRPG uh, monster killing and draw, drawing your own maps. Uh, it's, got, it's got some new options that are kind of interesting. There's like a story mode where instead of rolling your own characters, it gives you a bunch of pre-generated characters with their own names and identities and you get more cutscenes and conversations and stuff. So there's more of a story. But other otherwise, it's I mean, it's basically Etrian Odyssey 4. And it's pretty good. Huh. Uh, the thing I play... I, I, I was just led to think about what how funny it would be if there was an Etrian Odyssey game that if you actually followed through with it and mapped everything out and annotated everything, that what you ended up with was some ASCII art porn of, <laughs> of Deanna, Deanna Troy with no shirt on. That would be pretty good. <laughs> wow. That'd be great. Um, the thing, it, the, the map thing, would have to be really, really big. Yeah, yeah. For, really and, <laughs> and you'd have to have a lot of areas that were just like, I mean, why is this? I mean, why is this dungeon is like, shaped like a? It's like a nipple. It's twenty five <laughs> floors, so you could do like you could do like a five by five <laughs> puzzle puzzle piece them together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the thing I've the thing I played that. Uh, I think it'd probably be most interesting to you, Kevin. Have Have you guys heard of a game called Crypt on iOS? It's portmanteau of Corrupt. Yeah, it's another Crypt. Michael Corrupt. Michael Bruff. Bro. Brow. Michael Bro. Brow. Yeah. But yeah. is it Corrupt? C O R R Y P T. I've heard of it. I've yeah. not played it actually. It's 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 really interesting. It's um, It's a uh, Sokoban basically. Uh, the The two twists uh, that you notice immediately. Or first, that besides just pushing boxes, you can also pull them, and in fact, you don't have any choice but to pull them. If you like move directly, directly away, away from, from a box, it it comes with you. You're like sticky or whatever. Um, so you have to scrape it. You have to like scrape it off. If yeah, you're on you a have corner to scrape it off a corner get... or something. Yeah, and um, instead of it being discrete levels, it's rooms in a larger complex. So like the boxes are blocking your way to the to the next doorway or they're blocking a mushroom that you want to pick up or something. And uh, you have, Oh, like, but you could bring, you can bring blocks with you between the rooms. Uh, not usually, not at first. Um, the, you have like a, you have like a mini map that, that shows, you know, all the rooms you've entered and there's some NPCs that give you quests, like bring me back eight mushrooms and things like that. Um, the weird thing is, um, after you've gone through like the early part of the game and it's introduced you 
to all the different elements of the game. Like there are some NPC creatures that that move automatically and will push boxes around if you push boxes in front of them. And and there's a different kind of monster that that uh, makes all the same moves automatically that you do and and things like that. And once they've and the most important one is that there are score gems. There are like seven score gems in the game, and apparently the the goal of the game ultimately is to find and collect all seven of them. So once you've been familiarized with all these things, it saves a checkpoint, uh, like a permanent checkpoint. So whenever you start a new game, you have the option of starting at this checkpoint instead, and it starts keeping track of your best score like the the most number of score gems you've ever acquired and this is important because i don't want to go into too much detail because it would be a spoiler but once you pass this point the game starts to destroy itself as you're playing it Hmm. so you have to you have to figure out what's going on and how you're affecting the game and how to like how to manipulate this destruction in such a way that it falls apart slower in your favor so that, so that you can get everything before it becomes impossible to play anymore huh yeah it's really interesting are you playing it on your phone uh, i've been playing it on ipad but it's also on phone huh. that sounds cool yeah it's really neat. that guy that guy definitely makes some games Oh, I also played a little bit of Eldritch, because that finally came out on Mac. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's it's pretty good, although it, it has, like, I spent a lot of time in the first world and was doing really, really well, and I had a ton of stuff and the destruction amulet and plenty of ammo so that I could drill through walls and was doing great, and then went to, like, the second world and got destroyed pretty quick. Yeah. And, like, I feel like I could learn the second level pretty well, but I don't I don't want to take the time going through because it took a long just go to the second just yeah, go to the second I, world first. Yeah, I guess I guess you pretty much have to. But just that's what people do. The, people the, go there first because it's the hardest one. So yeah. there's oh, like the second one harder than the third one. Is that I think so. Is that the yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. Like, it's just way more the, intimidating to to think of going there without all the gear I had. But going and exploring the first world properly to get that gear takes so long. This takes a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think Eldritch to, to me would work better as a game without permadeath. Yeah, I agree. Huh. And. And and I know that that you know just goes against what it is, and I don't want to I don't want to be the guy that's like you know why are your turns in KOL limited? That doesn't make any sense, right? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. You know why? Like why why couldn't you let me save and load in NetHack or whatever? But I just think as because of the kind of like painstaking nature of Eldritch and the fact that like the way that you succeed in the second level is to play it like a fucking stealth game, and like you can play the first level that way too. But I'm not going to play a stealth roguelike. Like, I'm not going to play a stealth game with permadeath because the whole thing with the stealth game is that it just takes a really long time and requires a lot of patience. Yeah. And Man, those if you fuck up once, it's over. are so and fucking scary. The ones that teleport Yeah, to, when you're not looking at them, like those monsters yeah. in Doctor Who. The weeping, weeping angels. Yeah. Yeah. Man, those... 
every time, like I, uh, I thought I got away from him at such such an angle or around a corner or whatever that he wouldn't be able to to get me, and then it just makes that noise and you take a hit and my vision like goes everywhere because I jumped with the mouse. <laughs> yeah, and there's just not you know there's there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Well, the, what you can do is not activate them in the first place. Well, right, but I mean, I've never actually been able to internalize exactly how those things work. If you get close to them, they activate. Do they? Do they, they sound. notify you they when they activate? Sound. Okay, yeah. yeah, they make like and a then, noise. And then you have to back away from them, keeping them in sight. Or you don't have to back away, but you have to you have to navigate with them in sight the whole time because if they are, if they are, if you are line of sight to them but are not looking at them, right. then they backstab. Yeah. They move and backstab. Yep. I guess there's an, that expansion for that is coming out pretty soon. Yeah, the Mountains of Madness. Hmm. Yeah. Should be pretty cool. <laughs> what about you, sir? In an iceberg. Oh. What, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. what have you been playing, Zach? I played uh, I played about ten seconds of the Xbox One. Oh at, yeah, uh, yeah. We went we went into uh, interventions in the Magic Kingdom at Disneyland where they had a bunch of you know there was like the House of the Future and stuff. We were we were killing time waiting to see Captain EO. Okay. Um, wow, which, they're still showing whoa. that. That's they like, brought it back. They brought it back. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's um man, that's a fucking weird movie. Yeah, it's like what, I had forgotten how long or something. Yeah, yeah. I saw it when I was a kid, but that was yeah. I no, so did I, and all. I and I don't think I was able to really internalize how weird it how was. weird it was. What then. what is the idea of it? I forget how that went down even a little bit. Well, so uh, Michael Jackson and a bunch of uh, animated, cute, bumbling alien guys are the yeah. crew of a ship that's like, oh, they get one last chance to not be the screw-ups of the Space League or okay. whatever. And, they're, and they're, they're always, everything is always Hooter. Hooter, the elephant guy, is always messing everything up. And they say, Hooter! Uh, and they have to go find the queen and deliver the gift. And they go to the queen, and it's basically the Borg queen from that Star Trek movie with the Borg queen. It's like a woman all tied up in tubes and stuff. And then the gift is a musical number where Michael Jackson sings and dances and converts all of her evil henchmen into like svelte unitard clad dancing dudes. Okay. It's <clears throat> Is it a ride? <laughs> no, there's a little bit of rumbly in the seat and stuff, but it's mostly just a 3D movie, you know. Wait, way before there was like normal well, 3D. I mean, it was pretty impressive. Like so I remember at before Captain EO came out, they had a 3D movie that was just called, like, Journey Into Your Imagination or something, which was just a bunch of, like, hey, let's this is like a tech demo for our 3D theater. Right. Right, which is a bunch of stuff floating in front of your face and things flying at you and stuff. And then after Captain EO, they had, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which was sort of a stage show that then transitioned into a 3D movie. Okay. As the audience got shrunk. Right. Um you know, and then you flew around on a bee or something. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Um, and the, you know, they're, they're, they like spray you with water and they they pump smells in and stuff. I mean, it's right. you know fully interactive experience. Okay. Anyway, I got to play an Xbox One for a few seconds where I walked up to try to play Angry Birds Star Wars Connect. Uh, oh. The Connect wasn't working, and so I was unable to provide any input to Angry Birds Star Wars Connect. So when you say you and, uh, played... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I full-on got to have the experience of yeah. having okay. an Xbox One, apparently. Uh, yeah, I don't... 
there were other people on either side of me playing some sort of, I was like a motorcycle game or something. I don't know, something where they were like steering some racing vehicle by like leaning back and forth. Okay. Or waving their arms around or something. Yeah, mm. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, Xbox One. It's pretty good. Um, I played uh, Yahtzee's game. Oh. Have you guys no, played I, that? There, it's called the, a, the Consuming Shadow. There's no Mac version, and I haven't tried it out. It, it'll probably work on Wine, but I haven't made the effort yet. How is it? Oh, is there not a Mac? I mean, it's just a Game Maker game. I'm surprised. If he's using Game Maker Studio, he ought to be able to just export the I saw you play it for two minutes. Yeah, it's neat. It's, you know, it's It's got an interesting metagame. I don't know how good I think the the moment-to-moment play is. Like, you're sort of moving around in a maze. It reminds me of an old Nintendo game that has, like, a bunch of different play modes where there's like a map and then you're doing a sort of a time management game out on here and then you're doing a sort of like trade resources for resources game in particular places and then it goes into the like action sequences that are kind of clumsy and the sprite's too big and it's scary and it's it's hard. Is you, one of you your don't... resources like sanity or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's got a lot of, I mean, he's going to, I don't think he's going to be able to sell this because he's going to run afoul of Nintendo's patents on the sanity Oh right! Fucking things up. San- that, sanity effects. Like, are those actual patents? Yeah, that's the the reason that only Eternal Darkness has ever had those sanity effects is because it is patented. What? Yeah, that's a mess. Huh. Um, but I mean, you know, he'll do it. Maybe he'll get sued, and that'll get him a bunch of attention. He'll sell a bunch of copies of the game. Who knows? It's good. I mean, I would buy it if he sold it because I like that guy, and it's a neat idea. Um. Seems like it'd be good for. I don't know that he should put it out on iOS. Yeah, yeah, that would. I mean, you know, game the new game maker. He just has to buy that four hundred dollar module to export it to iOS or whatever. It's neat though. It's 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 like Oregon Trail-y. and the um, when you are moving around in in the spaces where you're a dude, you know, you're just like the sort of a silhouette of a guy in a suit. Walking around. You have a gun, not very many bullets. There's monsters. Does amnesia not do what you're talking about with the insanity? Uh, no, it doesn't really. Yeah, not really. It doesn't really do a lot of the like fakey stuff. Yeah. You know, where it's like, it you don't ever, in amnesia, you don't ever walk into a room. It does make noise, but you don't ever walk into a room and then it's like, oh, this isn't real. And then it pops you back. And it doesn't like yeah. make a doorbell noise like hmm. somebody rang your doorbell or whatever. That, I don't know to what extent that patent actually stops anybody from using these things. I mean, it's. I think it would be real easy to make it kind of hackneyed if you did it kind of hokey. Hackneyed sure. is not the right word. Hokey. Well, right you could word. take a hackney carriage. Right. You take a rickshaw. Yep. But then it's like, wait, this isn't happening because there aren't any rickshaws here. Right. What is this, San Diego or China? Uh, I played uh, some Tearaway on the Vita. I bought Tearaway on the Vita. Well, so I decided to play Tearaway, and then the following day I played Tearaway because the fucking Vita works exactly like a goddamn PS3 in that, <laughs> yeah, in that, like, if you want to play something, oh, sorry, you're not going to be able to go to the store unless you uh, do the software update, and then the software update was like, oh, we'll be done in 40 minutes. I was like, Cool. <laughs> And then uh, the next day when I picked it up again, it was like, oh, sorry, we got 4% of the way through this and then stopped. Just kidding. Now we'll be done in 39 minutes. Like, cool. Thanks, Vita. But I bought it anyway. 
and then I played like 20 minutes of it and it's I don't know it's it's cute and I like you know what I don't like is this game incorporates how whenever <laughs> whenever the screen of a handheld video game device that you're holding gets dark enough that you can see your reflection and you are reminded what a disgusting monster you are <laughs> This this sort of cooks that into the gameplay, <laughs> where, oh, oh, look, there are my fucking bristly whisker jowls just in the sun. Like, cool, thanks, good. This is, uh, you know, it, it, I want to I invent a way that in, like, social situations out in the world, like, maybe if I was always on a stretcher. Every time I talk to somebody, I want to be basically looking down across my entire body so that all of my unshaven, sweaty, pimply neck folds are always maximally visible. Because huh. huh. that's what you look like in your reflection in your fucking 3DS. You're like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like some fucking Jabba the Hutt monster version of me <laughs> because you're not supposed to look down at stuff. I like I kind of never want to get a blowjob again because Jesus Christ that like this this monstrous reflection of me in the 3DS that is the only me that has ever been blown. I'm sorry. This is why we put a mirror on the ceiling is so that I can not look like that. So I just need to tilt my head all the way back the entire <laughs> time or I'm just not pretty enough. I'm sorry. Ah, man. You know how when you want to make a gross version of yourself in a picture, you just sort of like draw your chin back into your yeah, neck and yeah. it's like, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. 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 It's like, fuck, I need a George Lucas beard. Somebody, 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 somebody. Hook me up with a George Lucas beard. Anyway, tear away. That's you in the sun. The gross, waddly neck version of you yeah. in the sun. And then, and then the, your little character is like, I'm going to eventually learn to jump in the second level. <laughs> and... <laughs> then you're going to put this away because it keeps reminding you how horrible you are. <laughs> like, I'm going to put this down and maybe go to the gym, uh, anywhere but a restaurant. <laughs> anyway, so that's Tearaway uh, for, the, for the PS Vita. So I, finished a, I finished a, a Link Between Worlds. Oh, nice. I, and I, it's good. And then... I, I stopped. Go. Uh, I've got, like, two of, the, two of the main dungeons left before I stopped in favor of doing work <clears throat> I was gonna pick it back up and 100% it I was like you know what I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go I'm gonna get all the my mys I'm gonna get all the items upgraded I'm gonna do all of the oh, stuff god those oh I'd forgotten about those oh those snail things I found man <laughs> I didn't find the thing that gives you that quest until I'd done like five dungeons and now I have to go back over all this territory that I've already explored <laughs> to go pick up these fucking things. Well, you would have to do that anyway because a lot of them you can't get without the Pegasus boots and a lot oh, of really? them... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... And also, the I, I don't honestly know... The overworld on A Link Between Worlds feels much, much smaller hmm. than... A Link to the Past's overworld. And I don't know if it is because the, the the world is slightly smaller and you are slightly bigger, and that adds up to it being like half the time to traverse these screens or whatever, but it's really not a big deal. I mean, you, like to get all those things, you got to retread the entire map 
you know, on both worlds looking for the sound and then trying to, you know, listening for the sound and then trying to figure out where the things are. So it's not a big deal. Like missing, missing half of them is equivalent to missing a quarter of them is equivalent to missing 99% of them, right? Like you got to go everywhere anyway. But what I found was that after I beat it, it had been a really long time. I, I got to the final boss I was like, ah, I'm gonna go power up a little bit before I be like, I should go in here with some potions because this is kind of a kind of a hard fight. So I saved, went and got all of the bottles that I hadn't gotten, bought a bunch of potions, went in and beat it, but didn't save in between doing all of that last stuff. So when I sort of popped in to finish it up, I was like, oh man, I lost an entire like hour and a half long sessions worth of because what I did in between saving and finishing the game was grind out like 2,500 rupees to go buy that final bottle Uh. from the fairy that gives you the bottle once you give her 3,000 rupees. And I went through the tower a couple times, that challenge Mm. tower thing. Like, I'd really like to do the hard version of that tower, but I kind of don't want to do the intermediate version again because I ground through it a bunch of times Mm. to earn that money and then uh, just fucking forgot to save. So... The fact that it doesn't save when you beat it is what made it so I'm just probably not going to play it anymore. Hmm. Still a fucking great game. I don't know. I can't point to anything that makes it significantly more compelling than other Zelda games in yeah. recent memory. But for whatever reason, like everybody loves it and everybody is playing it. And I kind of want to know... I kind of want to know what it is. The, I don't think that it has anything to do with the... is neat. I mean... The what? The the flattening into the wall thing is... Yeah, it, but it's, it's not... an interesting tool, but yeah, I don't know if that's... I can't point to that as being the be-all, end-all of it. I like how small the dungeons are. I, like, a yeah. dun- like you never, you never, like, leave in the middle of a dungeon and come back and don't know where you were. Because if you're, if you're starting a dungeon in a play session, you're probably going to finish it in that play session. They're cle- and that's nice. I like, I like the limited scale on those. Yeah. They're clever. They're cleverly built, too. I, I was worried because, like, since the game, since you, you don't get the vast majority of your tools from the dungeons it can't guarantee that you have any particular tool except for the one or two that you had to use to open the door to the dungeon and therefore it they <clears throat> they generally don't have any puzzles that use more than those particular that one or two particular tools and i i was worried that that was going to therefore make the dungeons less interesting but they've They've done a good job of of building around that limitation. They're still pretty interesting. I mean, I think you could argue that they are less interesting by virtue of being less complex to someone who is interested in complexity. Mm. Um, But for me, I I would rather have more bite-sized dungeons than fewer sprawling ones. Because the thing about sprawling Zelda dungeons is there's always that moment where you make a wrong decision and then have to do a fuckload of backtracking to get back to where you were because you walked off of one ledge or whatever. You went through a one-way door when you didn't mean to or something. And this really seems to have dispensed with that. Yeah, it's much kinder. It's a much friendlier game. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like they might have tried to be learning from the sort of 
modern zeitgeist of they're not really being crazy hard games like like games are basically at this point either proud of the fact that they are crazy hard and like working for that mm-hmm. or they're super accessible there's not a whole lot in between yeah i mean i don't really remember a link to the past being hard i don't remember there being a lot of points at which you would have gotten stuck i mean i i actually had i ended up looking at a walkthrough twice to beat a link between worlds but they were both for just optional things Right, they were both because it's like, well, while I'm in here, I want to get that fucking thing, and I just don't. I'm not. I'm not figuring out how to get it, and so I would leave and not get it, or I could look it up and get it, and I, you know, will just like to get the thing. Sure. And also, I I didn't figure out how to uh, sneak up on the guy to get the Pegasus boots. It was one of those things where, like, I assumed that I would have to have the Pegasus boots to be able to catch the guy, don't, and in fact, that guy don't is say the, it. I haven't got him yet. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's just not like it's it's trivial to do, but it's not trivial to understand what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of the, you know, in in our forums people were talking about it and some people were like, "What are you talking about, man? It's so obvious. It's so easy." But then just as many people are like, "Yeah, but I didn't figure it out." Like it's just one of those things where you have to have that sort of like leap insight. of intuition, yeah, that insight. Yeah. Which yep. is a super satisfying thing about a puzzle, but it's also a super only, unreliable thing only about puzzle from the design. That, yeah, that actually have the insight. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, mean, that's, the, you know, that's the optimum the weird thing about puzzles. Yeah, because I mean, something that's a little bit obscure makes the people that find it feel great, but it's balanced by the people that don't. You know, I mean, the optimum design is one where it it tricks people into achieving the insight and cleverer people get the insight earlier hmm. than the people who are eventually led to that insight by the structure of the puzzle. Yeah. Or I guess you, I mean, could, you, can't you always... could put on your magic Groucho glasses and find a hint ghost. Yeah, I never used those. I never spoke to a single hint ghost. What are yeah. the hint ghosts like? I, I like that it's a hint I only, ghost. I only talk to the one that, that's there when you get them, that she says, hey, you know, the one that tutorializes the hint ghosts. Oh, I didn't even do that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't what does he say? Like, hey, good job. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Have you guys I, heard about the Cicada 3301 thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. What? I remember seeing it, thinking Kevin would be interested in this, seeing the next day that Riff had told you about it, and then I immediately forgot what it was. Oh, did it's I? The, say it again. What was it? Th- um, <clears throat> Cicada three three zero one. Yeah, or just three three zero one. Maybe it's it's that like sort of. We are a group of people looking for smart people, basically, and then just like a bunch of hidden messages on on the web. What was your theory? Was that it was an anonymous recruiting? Yeah, thing. Um, I, it 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 is it it jibes extremely strongly with that with that notion because it uses a bunch of. Stuff like Tor servers and um, are you sure open it was source. me that told you about this? Because this doesn't sound familiar at all. Um, I, I don't know. I thought you. I had, thought it was. I thought you. You had mentioned it. Um, it's so like like I think a, a post on like 4chan or Reddit or something like. A I year thought it was a ago. meta filter post, and that's why I had seen it, looked at it. I was well, like, I don't want to look at this, and then Riff saw it and told you. There about was a post it. on Reddit or meta or, or 4chan or something that was like the the opening gambit to it. Right. It was like this, like 
this message this message contains a secret. Oh man, what if that sign language interpreter at Nelson Mandela's right. funeral was <laughs> just part part of an arg? Yeah. Like, oh, he's just spouting nonsense. Did you write it down? Did you write down the nonsense he was spouting? This is fucking important. Oh my god. Uh, I was really I was heartwarmed by Metafilter because most of what I saw in the comments to that was like yeah, I can see how this would be kind of offensive if you were a deaf person, but it's still fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, does it, I mean, does it sound like just mumbling or like, what is it, what does it translate to? Like, what would be the, what would be the oral equivalent of it? I mean, did, did you see that his, uh, just noises, the, the fake Twitter account? made for yeah they just just post <laughs> random just words for those that for those listeners who haven't heard about oh, this yeah, at nelson mandela's funeral there was a sign language interpreter who was later revealed to be someone who did not know sign language and was just making nonsense gestures the entire time which like you got to admire that guy's moxie yeah <laughs> like that <laughs> You know, people describe it as like a sort of like a the premise of a sitcom where you like you. Oh no! I I was trying to impress a girl and I told her I knew sign language and it somehow ended up with me in this situation where I have to be a sign language interpreter at the funeral of a beloved political evac- activist. Yep, if a political evacuee. The word that I made up for it was horalaribus, as a portmanteau of horrible and hilarious. Where does the B come from? Oh, I guess horrible. Yeah. Fine. Oh, while I was at Disneyland, I played, they had a bunch of, there was an arcade, which I went on while my, my mom and my girlfriend rode Space Space Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I got to just fucking go do it, but I got to go do it by myself when there's no, so I refused to ride Space Mountain because as a kid, I was traumatized by being forced Riding Space Mountain wasn't terrible. Being forced to stand in line for an hour and a half of just terror, screaming and begging to not go on this thing that I was terrified by. It's a testament to how good my childhood was that that was the most traumatic thing that happened to me was going (laughs) to a fucking amusement park and riding a roller coaster. Without having been on it, you were freaked out by it? Yeah. Huh. And I don't even really remember it. That's fascinating. It was being in line for it that was that was the trauma. And so I'm just wow. like, you know what? I don't need that. It might be great. Like, I know that it's fucking Disneyland, so it's not like it's going to be a vigorous enough roller coaster that it amounts to anything. It's both space and a mountain. I mean, <laughs> sure. Those I mean, are and two I like awesome things. I do like both of those things. And in fact, I, I like like both of those things. <laughs> right. But uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just like, I'll just go to the arcade. Also, it's an opportunity for me to just fucking go to an arcade without. Sure. So something that I like about being an adult is that sometimes I can go to an arcade and stay there the fuck as long as I want. <laughs> and there's nobody waiting for me. There's nobody like upset that I'm still there. There's nobody sad that I'm still there. There's nobody impatient that I'm still there. I can just be there as long as I want. Being at Disneyland, not one of those times though. Like mm-hmm. I went and I got $5 worth of tokens 
And then and that I was, was one game. No, it was like a no. I was a dollar into them when they were like done, and it was like okay. Wow, yeah, they, they got through all of Space Mountain after you played. Well, they a had dollar. they had gotten a fast pass. Wow, right. So they went back and got right on it. And I'm, I'm fucking good at video games. Okay. Also, there are some people who play Robotron at that arcade who are real fucking good at Robotron. High like, score table. I am usually a guy who can crack the top ten on a on a on a naked Robotron machine. You know, at a place. It's not like at a Robotron tournament or something, right? But, uh, yeah, no, 19th. 19th was the best score I could manage Wow, on the Robotron there. Yeah, I think there's some, I think there's some people with season passes to Disneyland mm. who enjoy going to that arcade. Or but workers. one of the things that they had was uh, a bunch of uh, cabinets of Fix-It Felix Jr., which oh, was yeah, nice. the game that they made nice. as a promotion oh. for Wreck-It Ralph. Um. Which is, you know, it was very much like an '80s arcade game. Did it? Did it play like the movie? Um, yeah, I mean, it played like the video game that's well, pictured what? in the movie, right? Sure. You, so basically, there's there's the guy on top who's dropping bricks, and you are moving discreetly from from window to window. Although you do, it's not discreet. It's not like quantum movement. You do occupy the space mm-hmm. in between the windows. You just can't stop. Okay. In those spots, and the bricks can hit you while you're in transit between them. But you have to go to each of these spots, hit a button that takes a little bit of time, and fixes the thing. Um, he can he can re-damage spots. It's just this pretty straightforward grid. The first, like, two or three levels are identical, which leads you to believe that it's not, it never changes. Right. But then, like, starting on the fourth level, it starts changing. Huh. I might be wrong, but it might be the first two that are exactly the same. It starts get the building gets taller, and you start getting moves that you can't make hmm. uh, vertically, at least. Like, there start to be little sort of Gaps. maze sections. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just a video game. It's... It's it's di- I, what was impressive to me was that it had both the visual and the gameplay aesthetic of an '80s game. Yeah, like it was it was like they, were, they tried to be true retro. Yeah, they really did. But but from a from a design standpoint, from a game design standpoint, not just from a not just from a, a visual design standpoint, you know, it was like ah, this is cool. They didn't like they didn't overdo it. You know, there's like a power up, which is you get a hat that just renders you impervious to harm for a little while. Cool. Yeah, I was really yeah, impressed with that movie with with how it, it was evident that the people that that wrote and made that movie were really familiar with the topic and weren't just yep. weren't just uh, you know scheming. Yeah, for a non Pixar animated movie, it was like just it was fucking good. Yeah, you know? it was, it was fine. I, though that said, it's like it's one of those things that's like well. Is that good, or am I just not really capable of evaluating whether things are good or not? Because, like, I feel like Ready Player One, oh, yeah, that's a good book, but it's not really, right? It's just, it's it's just just very much in your. It's just pandering. Sure. Right? And it's okay to be pandered to. I mean, that's, you know, you go to place, pay $40 for somebody to pander to you. It's, It's a reasonable service. Isn't it illegal in some states? Yeah. Um, there's some some pandering is endangered, right? Um, <laughs> if they're not going to save their own species, then screw them. Pandering. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like I am so I am so enamored with the trappings of the movie Wreck It Ralph that I can't really evaluate 
the story. You know what I have started seeing a lot of lately that is that that as far as I'm concerned is just fucking heresy, which should be punishable by stake burnings. A lot of people saying, "Hey, Love Actually is a terrible movie." What? You know, and anybody who says that, fuck you. That's what I say. <laughs> Love Actually is a movie just... I haven't seen. Oh man, Riff, come on. How does... you're always gone at Christmas? You come, you come to our house at Christmas. We watch it. What? It's good. <sighs> What are you doing on Christmas? And I'm sure we learn terrible lessons about the world. Whatever. (laughs) Like, like if you're not watching Love Actually on Christmas, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, and you watching Gremlins instead? Are you watching Die Hard? Uh, Are you watching um, Ice Harvest? Ice Harvest? Yeah, the Ice Storm. Oh, you know what we haven't watched. Uh, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's not really a movie that's taking place at Christmas that isn't about Christmas, though. Oh, are, are we are we restricted to things that aren't explicitly about Christmas? That's the idea. Like, we can't watch a Christmas story? Yeah, right. Huh. Because I think Emily is wanting to force me to watch a Christmas story because I've never seen it. You should see it. it. We can watch oh, The Electric. I've seen it, oh, okay. like, 40 times. If you've times. never seen it, then you should watch it. In, okay. In my we, view, We could watch The Electric Grandmother. <laughs> Probably has a Christmas in it. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? What have you played? Uh, so I played um, a game that I had played before, but they had had a content patch um, on the plane to and from the East Coast, which was ten. It's this uh, a sort of obnoxiously named uh, game for the for iOS. Um, it's just the number one and then the number zero spelling out 10 um and the point of that game is you are moving boxes on a grid to get um combined numbers to to add up to 10 um which the first handful of levels in the game are not really all that not not all that interesting or fun or whatever they're just they're just sort of going through the motions but the the most recent content patch added i think another 75 levels or something like that and they are challenging and really interesting and so i feel like they've they've sort of gotten into their stride of level design and it it was a lot more fun um so if you if you played that but did not play the sort of content patch uh i would definitely recommend going back checking that out again um and then uh hanging out with some of melissa's college friends uh they had just gotten a ps3 and so they were playing little big planet and we played that for several hours, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had never really played it. I'd seen a couple of people play it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were just playing through the single-player campaign and some of the competitive stuff and you know, doing sort of two-player portions of it. And it was it is a, like a super slick game. Like, yeah, I, like it was good. The I, jumping is really floaty. But my yeah, yeah, my problem is that the the platforming was just gross and floaty, and it was. But it's not that bad. <clears throat> Although you know, I I was listening to uh, the Besties the other day, and and they made the point that had never really occurred to me before. But this is this is a a, a very sound <laughs> defense of this. When like because it is a game with such fine analog control over where platforms are and where anything is and what angle anything is at, mm-hmm. the platforming kind of has to be forgiving and... Okay, yeah. Like, low, low, low like... 
because it's high granularity, which means low, low sort of fidelity, right? right? Because it needs to be responsive to things like you can't do the sort of tight platforming of a Mario game where everything is on nice Pixel grid perfect. lines, right? right? Or, or really of any, like a Spelunky, where everything is on tight grid lines because the levels are whatever somebody makes, you know? Sure. If you're designing all the levels, you could do Castlevania style jumping, but you know, Castlevania style jumping is fucking terrible, but it works, <laughs> it works in Castlevania, but, but I mean that, so that is a defense of it, but it's more like, no, this is a reason. This isn't the excuse that they have, you know, sure. and, but I still just like, it was like, ah, oh God, I was so, I got a PS3 because I wanted to play a little big planet. And then I played little big planet for like a half an hour and was like, oh God, fuck this. Wow. Game. I, that was not the experience I had at all. It, mm-hmm. it, it definitely grabbed me and was really fun and interesting. Did, did you mess around with the creation tools at all? Either of you? That I did not. I didn't get a chance to do any of that where, you know, I was just, I was just really enjoying the sort of like hidden, hidden stuff and the collection aspect of, of yeah. most of the levels and like it was, it, all that kind of stuff. It's interesting how the, the single player campaign, like, a lot of the rewards and pickups that you're getting as you play through that are like textures and objects and fabrics and stuff for you to use in the creation yeah. mode. Yeah. It, the, the combination of that and then like you're finding badges or whatever that unlock additional badges, but not necessarily on that level. Like you might have to find them and then go back mm, yeah. and even recognizing where, like where those like little sticker places are supposed to go is sometimes sometimes hard. Um, it's just like just really really well done. I'm I I'm curious. I wanted to try to get them to like go online and see what sort of the the highest rated player created content mm-hmm. for that was. But I've seen some neat chance. stuff. Yeah. Um, have they come out with the sequel? Did they come out with uh, Little Big Planet two? Yes, I think they did. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what they what they did to to improve upon their formula. They just made it so the level editor starts out as 1-1 one, one of Super Mario Brothers. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the other game that I got uh, over the break, uh, Steam had their like autumn sale, mm-hmm. and I finally bought uh, Rogue Legacy oh, and cool. played all the way through that. Yeah, you, you did your 10 hours and yeah. are done. Yeah, I mean, I played through it. I, you know, I, got, I beat the game once and then played a little bit of the new game plus and was like, okay, I, I think I get what this is all about um, and I enjoy it, but... I don't think I enjoy it enough to go through it yet again. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, like I was after like a half hour, I was pretty pissed at the game because I just was. I, th- this is sort of where I came up with the theory about um, the the notion that like you at first you can like hit a wall where you're just not making any progress and just not enjoying it. Yeah. And then that was basically once you sort of stopped. If you if you climb that little difficulty curve just a little bit further, that you get to the point where oh well now I can regularly get through the game and get an, uh, more than enough gold to level up several different things, and I'm also getting runes and unlocking recipes and that kind of thing, um, and then you'll like slowly potentially kill bosses, and you'll, so you'll feel like you're making sort of like actual game progress and that kind of. I thing. mean, Rogue Legacy didn't catch for me because it wasn't. I never felt like it was my skill that was increasing. Really? Well, it. I'm sure that it did, but it was so dwarfed by the extent to which Avatar skill had an effect yeah. on Avatar, the game. Avatar skill that it was, and just the luck of 
what rooms it happens to place for you at at the beginning of the dungeon. That's, I mean, I, you can definitely make a, a, an argument for that, but I think you could easily just say, well, you, you know, choosing the avatar that is going to make the most interesting progress based on what you're trying to do and then playing that well and giving it the proper runes and the proper gear to make a, no, it, a viable it, run at it. It is. There is there is skill involved, but I just in I, what I wanted it to be was another game like The Binding of Isaac or Spelunky that just was like, oh, this is just a thing that I could do. But because of the, you know, this is a thing that I could do as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a thing that I could just play some of every day for a year. But because of the kind of grindy nature of it yeah. that's just sort of cooked into it mm-hmm. it's like well no i can't really you know like it because it doesn't i definitely lost interest in upgrading everything yeah and also the level generation and i don't know why this didn't feel like this in the binding of that's it the the level generation in the binding of isaac was not super interesting right it there are a handful of things about the level that are interesting that fall out of the way that the rooms are arranged. Right. There are also lots and lots and lots of different rooms. Rogue Legacy, it kind of didn't matter. Like, the layout of the dungeon didn't matter. There were a couple of It didn't weird, change anything. I, every now and then I would have a weird situation where I would encounter the forest on the top side and the Maya, which is supposed to be like the tower, over... To, to the side or below. Oh, really? Yeah, some weird level generation quirks, which I don't know what that was huh. all about. But I, I couldn't. I, that... I was not. If that was at a point where I was not good enough to explore the whole map to figure out what was going on. So I don't know. I just I don't know, man. There that cellar door's pedigree is so 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 good. It's all over the in place. In my mind, that I that I I just I wanted that to be something that it just sure. wasn't, and and I liked it, and I don't regret buying it, and I you know I enjoyed the time that I had with it. It's just that it was like, eh, I didn't want this to be a thing that I just finished and and walked away from. Well, you know? I mean, like, I feel like for a lot of people, the new game plus keeps them going. It's definitely got that sort of addictive thing for a lot of people that are like really getting into it and I feel like people discussed on our forums they discussed a lot of character classes that I didn't really give much time to yeah uh, and so maybe that's part of the problem is maybe maybe there are a couple of builds that really are super valuable and I just didn't ever play them the way that you're supposed to I don't remember as much about it as I would like to to participate in this discussion yeah but, uh, I just the randomness It's a, it's a knife edge when you're randomly generating spaces to play in, right? You you have to the the intentionality that the designer has is displayed to the player through a, a weird lens that can be any shape, right? Like you can just have I mean, I remember a game that my buddy Chris made in high school that started out with him just displaying a random ASCII character on every space on the screen. And then he was like, huh, what if I made a game out of this? What if I just decided that every ASCII character was something and then just did that? And it was like, 
okay, well, that's kind of interesting, except it's not very good, because what about the times when you just generates and you're surrounded by walls, right? Like, right. So you have to start putting rules on it. The more rules you put on it, the more you want to start connecting set pieces together right. to make experiences, and the more it becomes something like, well, this game always has this room and this room and this room, and the only difference is whether this room is to the left of this room or to the right of this room, which is not a difference at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's a fine line between, like, figuring out how... I mean, Spelunky does that, but you don't notice it, and it doesn't feel like that. Spelunky does it in a super clever way, too, because it's... I mean, this is another reason that Spelunky is the best video game. But... <laughs> It sometimes generates, like, there are a lot of, if you if you look at the original Game Maker source for it, and, and I think that this has changed some in the new version, but, like, it always figures out, like, this is how to, periodically it will generate a level where you can't get to the exit without bombs. Like, that is a thing that I have seen every once in a while for whatever reason. Like, sometimes it'll generate a shop that's just It's not sealed. supposed to. It's not, it's supposed, not supposed to. to. Like, no, it's a, that's like a, a glitch in it, but it does sometimes generate a sealed shop. Huh. Like, I've seen that a bunch of times, and having played a lot of Spelunky in the last three months. Right. But, um, it, because of the, because it allows randomness in the rooms that aren't on the critical path from the starting room to the exit like it creates these situations where it's like well sometimes there's a room over there that i can see that's got some gems and a crate in it that will take me one bomb to get into there or sometimes it's like oh, i could probably get up there with a rope if i can if i can make it to that room on the bottom you can't look down far enough to see whether you're guaranteed right. to be able to make it unless you can get to the very bottom of one of the one of the cells above it but like it has a lot of rooms where the definition of the room is just, all right, 50% chance this is a block, 50% chance it's empty space, which it doesn't take very many of those to turn a lot of those room rubrics into things with extreme variability in what is involved in traversing them and getting into them in the first place, right? Like, when it's done cleverly, it is this just transcendent thing that literally makes this game a different thing every time you play it and when it is done badly it might as well not be done at all and that's kind of my argument for it not really mattering in Rogue Legacy that the rooms are put together that the castle is arranged randomly right I mean you what it means is you can't just run to the next level every time you know you can't just run to a particular section of it every time but Mm -hmm. you kind of can I mean you just sort of like keep going right and you'll eventually get to the woods you know, you keep going down and you'll eventually get to the hell thing. You can't refight the bosses, which is another sure. weird thing. It so is it's a little like, strange. It's, you know, it's the busy. only thing that you're ever encountering is a room. And the only thing that a room is, is one of 30 variations on a room. There are many bosses. There are, there are like souped up versions of the enemies sometimes. Like, I feel like the enemies are the thing that is really randomized and then that's what and where whether there's food or coins in the breakable stuff and where where the breakable stuff is located you know like those are the those are the things within the larger less randomized but i mean if there's like 50 different kinds of rooms and you're only going to see 15 of them in a particular dungeon run that's still kind of interesting that has a lot of replay see another another way in which Spelunky is better than everything. The pots, 
that are sort of, you know, the, the, the pot in Spelunky is the Castlevania candle, is the Binding of Isaac fire. The Binding of Isaac fire is interesting because it is a hazard until you destroy it, but destroying it is just tedious, mm-hmm. right? You have to put out all the fires because they might have a coin in them. Right. But, eh, it'd be better if, it would be better if you didn't. It would be better if they never had a coin in them than if one out of 15 of them has a coin in it or whatever. Because it's just time, right? You're going to deal with it. Well, If there were rooms time. that were mazes of fire that you had to deal with to make it easier for you to deal with the enemies that were in them, there, like getting there rid are. of the there fire. Totally, there totally are. There's totally fire in rooms with enemies that... The, the fire becomes a hazard and you don't have like you, you have to make a choice you might try to put this fire out while these enemies are here yeah but you the, never do because it takes too long to put the fire out right like it, well so and then there's the fire interacts with those obnoxious jumping oh, sacks God. or whatever that's true but that happens but that happens before you have a chance to do anything about it like it's if I think I would agree with you and I would feel like that was better designed if the fire was put out by a single tier or a couple of tiers but especially like you know certain power ups just make it nearly impossible for you to put out the fires with tears but the pots in Spel- the pots in Spelunky yeah. often contain treasure often enough that you have to get them all like if you are if you are getting everything that you can out of this level you have to break all the pots sometimes they contain enemies which means that you always have to be careful with them but they are also useful as tools for triggering traps so you want to hang on to them as long as possible you know unless sure. you're trying to carry something else through and you know unless can you throw a pot at an, a monster well, you can. It, work, it works as a rock yeah, you can it is a, it is a damaging projectile that will kill like you know it'll do one damage to a scorpion it'll do one damage to anything I guess and all the things that have one hit point will die from it okay but the 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 candles in rogue legacy there's no reason not to hit them nothing bad ever happens it, it when you hit them there's never the candelabras or whatever there's never any reason not to do it they're they're just these little treasure things that sometimes have something really good in them right getting to them is sometimes a pain yeah. But yeah. But it's also not worth it. There's not there's not ever going to be anything in there amazing enough that it's worth going out of your way or taking any risk there's to bags, get one. Bags of gold or occasionally. Spending a rope to get one, right? Like there's not like Sure. Yeah. See the 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 lesson to learn is that Spelunky is the best video game <laughs> and the only video game. It needs to come out on Mac. Yeah, you guys just need to get real computers. Riff, yes. I heard about some things in the news that caught your interest this year. Uh, there was one thing that uh, that caught my interest in the news. Um, this is still sort of in the realm of rumor, but apparently, um, some uh, like casting call information for voice actors for Fallout Four got leaked. And there's good news and bad news. That, that has Are you sure this isn't just all hoax? There's yeah, hoax I, news I heard this hoax is news. Just, this, hoax. Is, this is this is not related to that hoax website thing. This okay. Is a, this is a new development. This so, is a new hoax. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the good news is that um, it apparently does, in fact, as was as was guessed previously and also featured on that website, it does take place in Boston. And the code name for the project is Institute, which implies that MIT figures heavily, which is awesome. The bad news is that Ron Perlman does not say war, war never changes at the beginning. They, How do you know? They have apparently, um, like the, the protagonist in, in this game, 
is no longer a silent protagonist. They're giving they're getting um, both male and female voice actors uh, to play the protagonist's voice, and it'll be the protagonist that says that uh, that says the the opening lines and the in the opening montage. I don't believe any of this, Riff. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, like I don't I said, think that you're. Really I don't think you're making it up. I think you might as well be making it up. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see when it when it happens or not happens. I think it's pretty much a known thing that it is in Boston. Video games never change. <laughs> Video games. We'll find out when it happens or doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I that kind of. I don't know where I want it to be. Like. Washington, D.C. was the setting that I didn't know that I needed out of a video game like that Mm. because it has so many recognizable landmarks. Like, if they just did a Fallout Europe where you're just sort of walking from the Coliseum to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, look, there's the ruins of of Big Ben. I don't remember... I remember going through the ruins of the channel. Like, why is Big Ben on top of one of the pyramids? And and Big Ben is there. Yeah. It's, It's pretty good. Uh, Europe. Have they ever? What happened to Europe? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Have they ever said in in the in the canon what happened? What went on in Europe? It it's just the same. I mean, I shot some lasers at it from Mothership Zeta. Hmm. At some point, I um man the the watch out for fireballs guys and and constant like they've been playing a lot of Fallout New Vegas lately, and it made me want to. uh, Made me want to replay Fallout New Vegas. Mm. I have not actually played that a second time yet. No, me neither. Although I think I maybe need to do that after this period of time where it is critical that I do a lot of work. Don't want to get uh, sucked into another 80-hour. Yeah, when you have a a two-hour-a-day spelunky habit, it's a a bad idea to to get into another game. Maybe I I should back off of that a little. Maybe Maybe I should... do some rehab play some other game yeah just play a different game you can play rogue legacy that's like spelunky methadone Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's like oh well this is like spelunky only not as good i've heard that about methadone it's like oh this is like heroin only not as good like okay i got you couldn't you get addicted to methadone if you just if you just start i'm sure i mean you know like the people who start chewing nicotine gum (laughs) right you know kind of ease into ease into smoking i didn't i have not came out on pc you could play that instead yeah yeah. Did you finish it on the... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I did. Riff, did you finish it on the 3DS? Oh, uh, I got real far. I think I finished it. Nah, I probably didn't finish it, but I definitely got to the last world. I mean, finishing it just means beating the boss fight, and the boss fights are the least interesting mm. thing about that. Yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't get to like... a final boss fight yet, so probably like so many other games, I played it right up to the final boss and then didn't finish it. <laughs> hmm. And I mean, it kind of doesn't matter, right? You got basically everything out of the video game that a video game has to offer. Yeah. Apart from that last little bit of the things that video games are bad at. Yep. It's, man, that is a super good game. That game really inspired me for for what I want to do when I get around to making my own game. Someday, hmm. Riff. What's stopping you, buddy? Got too many cross knits to stitch. Yeah, just just time and work and too much other stuff to play. Got too much salad dressing to, <laughs> to drink. To make. Yep. Ah, 
You should make salad dressing popsicles. Oh, God. Does vinegar freeze? Yeah, just salty, oily. Everything Uh, freezes, Riff. Come on. Hydrogen hydrogen can freeze. (laughs) Okay, does vinegar freeze? Haven't you seen the end of Terminator 2? Everything freezes, Riff. No, come on. Uh, Look, our freezer, there is... There is more in the world than is dreamt of in our freezer, Riff. They, <laughs> go go down to the local science demonstration supply store. Get a, get a what do you call those things? What do you call those containers that you keep liquid nitrogen in? A doer. A doer. Get a doer <laughs> of liquid nitrogen. Make some fucking salad dressing popsicles. Man, that'd, so that'd be pretty. Did good. you guys? Did you guys know that? Jupiter, this this thing that we call a gas giant, is actually mostly liquid. <laughs> no, it's it is probably, although it's extremely difficult to actually be sure about this, it is probably mostly like metallic. I think metallic hydrogen. Like, what is metallic, metallic hydrogen? Like liquid. Yeah, what? yeah like li- liquid. It's like so. It's so. It's under so much pressure. It is like a liquid. So, well, I mean, but what makes it metallic? Yeah, why is that metallic hydrogen and not just liquid hydrogen? I think that's, I think that's just what it's called. But you don't really know anything about science. No, is what you're acknowledging. Not at all. Do you have two bachelors of the arts? I do. Wow. No, they're both bachelors of science, but they're in, they're in humanities. So I also have a bachelor of science in the humanities. So that's, (laughs) I don't think so. Psychology is not a humanity. Philosophy is kind of a humanity. Well, I have a minor. I have a minor in humanity. That's all. I only have one dot in humanity. <laughs> this is why it's so difficult for me to relate to other people. <laughs> so, this assignment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the contraption maker. Contraption maker. Jesus Christ. I got, uh, all I could think of was the incredible machine and fantastic contraption. Uh, <laughs> this game is basically the incredible machine yeah. and Straight that up. is A-OK in my book. I uh I had the exact same kind of fun playing Contraption Maker that I did playing the incredible machine because it's pretty much made by the same people, has all the same elements. Yep. It's just that this one has user generated puzzles. So yeah. I look forward to put the dick in the dick before the dick hits the dick. <laughs> I I played it I, pretty much the same way I played the original one too which was well I, I played the first dozen which are basically tutorial but then I skipped to the last right. the last one that comes with it and could not figure out the the solution that they were hinting at so instead I crafted a solution that ignored the all the givens as much as I possibly could and just came up with the dumbest solution possible yeah, I, I I found myself often doing these like crazy weird shortcut things that yeah. like bounced a ball off the edge of something around a barrier that I was supposed to have to go yeah, through yeah. or something. Yeah, you, you find like and the, I, I enjoy the setting up the thing that they wanted me to, to set up. To use a hamster cage as a shelf instead of a yeah. It's interesting to see. Like, there were. <sighs> I should have looked into what the original series looked like because there was the Incredible Machine and the Incredible Machine Two, but then there were either expansions to those or another sequel that just had a different name that wasn't the Incredible Machine Three or like the Even More Incredible Machine or something. They, they did like 
I want to say that like maybe the first one didn't have like rotational movement as a thing hmm. and then suddenly introducing that meant that you could introduce new things that translated between all of these things and right. rotation and the trouble with a game like this where it's like simulating things that you could imagine happening in the real world is you're limited by the number of things that can appear in the real world right well because you want easy metaphors that people have probably interacted with sure yeah I mean, I wonder if you just, like, looked at the complete works of Rube Goldberg and you implemented everything, everything. that he ever drew, <laughs> do you just end up, do you just end up with the Incredible Machine? I mean, because what, what, there, like, you know, it was, what, 100 years ago, 70 years ago, there wasn't, there wasn't as much stuff sure. in the world. I mean, it's like, oh, you drag it, you just drag an iPhone onto there. I mean, they what have, the fuck is that going to do? They you have don't lasers, know. they have colored, like, colored lasers and stuff, like, there's... They definitely have some that there were there were those lasers and reflectors and stuff in the original. Oh, there were incredible machine okay. games. Yeah, huh? Like I I almost want to say that there is there is nothing in Contraption Maker that did not literally have an exact analog in the Incredible Machine. Huh? I don't I I don't remember the the, the hamster that wheels well. were I think monkeys. Well, okay, so the, there were those monkeys on bicycles with a picture of a banana with a blind in front of it. Oh, right. In right. The Incredible Machine, <laughs> which was when you then pulled on the string. Yeah, that was... It, that was it, it prompted an yeah. infinite amount of, of, uh, of rotational energy. The, the ability to submit user-created puzzles for this is... I think going to be the thing that actually makes this interesting when it's out there. I, I mean, it's a, it's not that it's a, it's not that it isn't interesting. It's just that it isn't new. Does it do that you thing know? where it forces you to solve it before you can upload it? Yes, cool. I think it does. Oh, I didn't even try. I didn't. I didn't uh, mess with whatever freeform thing that there the was. The construction thing. Yeah. I feel like that's the only fair way to. Yeah. To do these kind of well, things. Well, I mean, it works for the castle doctrine. It doesn't work. For, what the fuck? That's... If if you had, like, a certain number of points and you had to, like, test if your If you had a design, budget for building your, your Warhammer army as a, as a contraption. Mm-hmm. And you died. And you died building your own thing and that cost you points and eventually just ran out of points because you weren't very good at All either right. All building be is or like, surviving. Uh, get, put this bowling ball in this bucket and you only have enough points to make a bowling ball in a bucket. Right. There's nothing for the bucket to sit on so they just both fall and you just have to wait. You have to wait an infinite amount of time and you're just, sorry, you just can't play anymore. Yeah, if the game was modeled just infinitely downward that would be annoying because mm. the levels would never end or so it turns out that all of our levels are actually on the outside of a torus so there's very very slight curvature okay <laughs> right but like if you just sit there for a thousand years you will eventually see somebody else's bowling ball and bucket fall past and you'll think it's yours but you'll try to click on it real fast but like no you just you know nobody's gonna pay that close of attention for a thousand years ah it's a very particular flavor of uh, contraption maker related hell. <laughs> I, it's interesting that th- this touches a lot of the same sort of pleasure centers in your brain that Minecraft does. Sure. Except it's a lot more straightforward because it's 2D. And then it's a lot more limited in scope because you can't really show it to anybody else except now you can, right? Sure. 
I think it it, it is Im- it'll be important for them if they want people to get really excited about this to make sure that there are plenty of avenues for expression in it, like letting you put decals on things. They, I mean, they have a bunch of like colors, customizable make, backgrounds like, and stuff. So. Use a cinder block instead of a bowling ball or right. whatever, you know. But then that just opens the door to like dick, 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 dick. So sure. then what are you going to do? I mean, I guess you just have a like moderation. This, yeah, which is a giant red button that says this has dicks in it <laughs> that is always there. In fact, that ought to just be a keyboard key. This has dicks in it. Yeah, this, this has, has dicks, dicks in it. In it. <laughs> just relabel. That, so the then that's key. yes, and then that's weird. Like then you start using that as keyboard. a control. You make games. Right? Well, hit press. This has dicks in it to continue, and then right. it's like both. Nobody will ever be able to buy this from the app store again. You know, then the people who do own it are going to be like, oh, man, I bought this. I, the only way that I was able to play this is because I bought it before anyone got to that level where you had to hit the this has dicks in it key to proceed. So even virtual keyboards? have, Or, I mean, it could be like press the this has dicks in it key to put dicks in this. And then the, oh, it's a video game where the goal is to just put dicks in stuff. In other people's games, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's like an MMO where yeah. it's like a multiverse MMO where you press a button to put a dick around you, but it also puts a dick around somebody. It puts a dick in the spot in a parallel universe, which might be in somebody else's game. Right. Yeah. Did you hear about Man that uh, that thing that Nintendo had to do for that Miiverse thing that lets you? It's like chat, except you can also draw pictures on the Wii U. They had to develop a, uh, they had to develop a a cock detecting algorithm that would see it, huh. that would notice if someone had drawn a cock and balls, so it, so that it could be censored. I, I read a little interview with like one of the guys who made it. They, they were like, "Yeah, we didn't really expect to have to deal with this because this isn't as, you know, this isn't a thing that people do all that much in Japan." But when we moved it to the United States, there was just dicks everywhere all of a sudden. So we had to make up this thing to to catch them. And so, you know, in trying to figure out how to detect them, we were looking at all these pictures of dicks. And then at one point, one of us said, you know, maybe instead of looking at photographs, we should be looking at drawings. And we all went, oh! <laughs> huh. This, this also sounds like a fake interview. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, uh, did we fuck around and not pick an assignment? Yeah, we never, we never did, actually. All right. We found a game. This is the Indigo Lake is the game we were too stupid to come up with yeah. last night. It is, it's a spooky uh, Halloween game. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. All right. Indigo Lake for iOS. It's yep. a thing Riff can play. Yep. It's it, even babies can play it. Hopefully. Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a message telling us to get how our shit together, terrible we are. How would they do that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us vghotdog at gmail dot com, or they could uh, send us a message via our forums, which you can find on our website videogameshotdog.com. dot com. It's pretty good. You can go there and you can talk to people about video games. It's true. Video games that we should be playing, like the assignment that yeah. we just very carefully chose. Yep. Gentlemen, I can't wait to play that. I've had a good time recording a post-holiday episode number 136 of Video Games Hot Dog with the two of you. 
Yes, indeed. I, too, have had a good time. And I can't wait until the next episode of Video Games Hot Dog, where we hopefully do a better job. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great holiday, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. In the I, I, yeah, in the Mad Magazine parody, it was just plain old rocks. <laughs> <laughs>